again for another Wednesday night Bible study. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this week. I get to get my hair cut so I can stop wearing baseball caps and looking so shaggy. And so uh, hope everybody's doing well. Uh, we're we're going to be in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 through, through this um, Bible study. And uh, that was actually... Uh, the sermon uh, for this week, and hopefully you got a chance to, to watch that. And a lot of it will uh, be a continual conversation of, of what we talked about in the sermon and, and then a deeper dive into some of the passages and some of the words and language of the scripture. So Ephesians six ten through 18 says this, uh, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth tucked around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Uh, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all uh, the Lord's people. So we move through this series. Uh, one of the things that we've seen is the primary mission of the church is to invite, include, and train. We, we began the, the sermon series uh, with the Great Commission, and then we moved on to Pentecost Sunday that, that God has given us a mission. He has given us his spirit, and, and he also gives us the power uh, or, or the weapons to accomplish his mission. I, I kind of hesitate to use weapons because oftentimes we we take these passages as, as this is something that it's us against them. And, and this is a, a wrong understanding of the scripture. As a matter of fact, uh, Paul in, in verses um, uh, 12 uh, particularly notes, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, uh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so Paul very early on in this passage makes us understand or or tries to allow us to understand uh, that, that the battle that we are facing is not a battle against people. As a matter of fact, people are our mission. And so when we make this us versus them, uh, then we live contrary to the mission, that, that God has called us to love and to reach people. He's called us to um, uh, pray even for our enemies. And so sometimes we, we make this a cultural war uh, in, and, and people that have different opinions than us or, or think differently or live differently uh, become the object of our wrath. And, and, and these can become weapons that we believe that, that we can use against folks. And, and that is missing the point. Our, our mission is people. But, but we acknowledge that there's forces out there. Uh, that create division among people, that, that create these um, situations where hatred abounds and where um, uh, there's no peace and there's no joy. And so when we talk about weapons or, or, or these powers, uh, the, these powers um, 
are there to help us accomplish God's mission, which is to invite, to include, and to train. And so this invite, include, and train includes any person, uh, you know, whether they're part of the kingdom or not. Uh, there is an invitation given by the church. Uh, there's an invitation given by God's people uh, to join us in his kingdom, to join us in, in his mission, to join us in his peace and his joy, that, that God has something better in mind for people. And, and then we believe that there's forces that are pulling people away, uh, evil forces that are pulling people away from what God intends. And, and we call this spiritual warfare, though, that, that we believe that this is present in this, this world. And God has invited us on his mission through his spirit, through his power, uh, to fight with him in this battle. Uh, now, we, we've been dealing with, in the COVID-19, since we can't gather, it changes everything. That typically, we see our gatherings as this place where the battle was primarily fought. And, and we, we do believe that there's, there's battle, there, there's something significant that happens when we gather. But, but God does not place, the scripture does not place uh, any restrictions on how and where this can occur. As a matter of fact, the, the ideal of the Holy Spirit filling us is the Spirit can fill us, and, and as He fills us, He fills those areas where we go as well. And so our homes, our places of work, our, our, our neighborhoods, uh, when we go shopping, God's Spirit goes with us. And it's, it's not just about gathering in a sanctuary. And so we also talked about early in, in the sermon, Matthew uh, 28, 19 through 20, where Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in their midst. And, and so there's this ideal that um, it doesn't take two or three hundred uh, to have Christ in the center of their, uh, of their presence. Uh, Christ present, but two or three, and you know, two two's the lowest number you can have. That and and what Jesus is um, alluding to is a a phrase by ancient rabbis. Ancient rabbis, uh, you know, to, you had to have ten for a synagogue, but uh, ancient rabbis did not encourage the study of the word alone. As a matter of fact, they 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 discouraged people studying God's word alone, and thought unless you were a master um, teacher you should have others with you as you work through God's word. And so they would say, we're two or three gather around God's word. Uh, he will be in the midst. And, and Jesus is taking this and saying, I am fulfilling the law. And where two or three are gathered in my name, then, then I will be in their midst. And, and so when we take that passage, what we understand is it does not take two or three hundred uh, for God's mission to be accomplished, but two or three. Now, that, now we do believe that it's important that you be with others, that, that there be this gathering. And, and, and there's things that happen when, when you gather two or three hundred people. We, we could not have the building that we have. We could not, we could not pay for the staff that we have. Uh, with two or three people. It gives us resources. It, it gives us perspective. It, it, it gives us experience. Uh, you know, just this past week, I interviewed um, Jim Carsey with you know, 93 years young with, and his, his World War II experience. Well, you, you don't get the breadth of the experience that we have in our church unless you gather more than two or three. So there, there's some very valuable things that happen when you gather more. But it's important to know that this mission and these, these, these tools and this power that you see in Ephesians 6 are, are not dependent on a gathering of two or three hundred or two or three thousand. Uh, but, but we believe that these come through the Spirit of God 
And we, we believe that God fills his people individually, but we also believe that God specially fills his people uh, when they gather in his name around his purpose, around his word, around his vision. And so uh, that, that means that this, this mission to, to invite and to include and to train can occur even in the midst of two or three and sometimes maybe more effectively because the conversations can be um, deeper and more significant and there's a the, the vulnerability uh, can be more uh, we can be more transparent when we're two or three than we can with when we're with large groups of people uh, and, and so Jesus uh, or Paul writes um, uh, about this power and you know we can accomplish his mission through his spirit with his power, but, but it's important to note that, that we cannot do this on our own, uh, that, that God has called us uh, to join him in his mission, that, that as, as we move through this mission, that these weapons, um, that these, this power is necessary, the spirit is necessary, that, that the disciples, even though they'd been with Jesus, had to wait for the spirit to accomplish his mission. Uh, and, and we'll talk about this uh, a, a little bit uh, also on Wednesday night. I, I alluded to in the sermon, the, the passage with Joshua and the angel. And Joshua asked the angel if the angel is on um, their side, Israel's side. And, and the angel says, I'm on neither side. I'm on God's side. And so I believe the invitation to, to find ourselves in Ephesians 6.10 uh, through 18 is to, to find ourselves on God's side. Not, not, to, not to try to get God to take our side, but, but that we find ourselves on his side. Um, we're not in a battle against people. Uh, the, the mission is people. And, and so these weapons are weapons meant to invite, to include, and to train. Um, now, in verse 14, we begin with, with these particular um, tools, weapons, stand firm then with the belt of truth, uh, buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which will, which with you, with, with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so in this, you find both um, defensive and offensive weapons. Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And, and so we, we understand uh, that, that the power that God gives us not, is not simply a, a wait and hunker down and hide um, kind of power, but it's a power that allows us to leave our places of our comfort zones and, and even be offensive in, in his call for us. Um, and, and so I would encourage you to, 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 to look over these. Those will be the particulars uh, that we'll focus more over the next few weeks as we, we move through this series, you know, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, uh, what, what those weapons deal with and, and how we can understand them in the light of scripture. Uh, it closes with, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and request. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so uh, I, I think as you, as you look through this passage and as it concludes, what you see is that 
a good part of our battle was fought in prayer. And so, um, you know, we, we hear that phrase, prayer warrior, and, and we assign it to certain people, not to everyone. And uh, the, the truth is, I think God calls us all to be prayer warriors, that, that there, is, there is power in prayer, uh, there is battle in prayer, and we can only fight these spiritual battles in this spiritual act of prayer. And so we'll talk about that a little bit. And I'd be being, as, as we gather on Wednesday night, I'd be interested in your perspective on how prayer is battle and how prayer is rest and how prayer is protection. All these things that happen in, in the midst of prayer. Uh, just a couple things to be aware of. Um, when we gather, let, let's spend some time and talk about Joshua and the angel and why it's important to be on God's side. Uh, I would encourage you, if you've not watched it, to watch uh, Malcolm Gladwell's uh, discussion of David and Goliath, his TED Talk discussion. It's a 15-minute um, talk, uh, 18 minutes, I think, is what an actual TED Talk is on David and Goliath and a different perspective and just a fascinating perspective on that. I'd love to talk about that a little bit more and get your impressions. It's, it's a little bit different than we typically um, see on that passage, but, but I believe it has some, some significant spiritual implications for us, particularly in the weapons that we choose to fight the battle. That, that's oftentimes we let um, our enemy, uh, our spiritual enemy, choose our weapons for us. And so we choose hatred and we choose judgment and God is inviting us to choose better weapons, uh, weapons that will prevail. I encourage you to read Matthew 18, uh, 19 through 20. Uh, I may have referred to that as 28 earlier in, in this, this Bible study, but it's Matthew 18, 19 through 20. And Jesus talks about two or three gathered. And um, what, what are some of the positive effects to join others in your spiritual walk? And, 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 and what are some ways you can study God's word with others, even in the midst of a COVID-19 uh, lockdown. And then just um, finally, how, how does your perspective uh, change when, when we remember uh, that the mission is people? Uh, you know, not, not, we're not fighting a cultural war. We're, we're trying to invite, include, and train people in the kingdom. And so how does our perspective change when, when we move from, from that uh, understanding that we're we're fighting some sort of cultural war, but we're trying to invite, include, and train people in God's kingdom. And then finally, you know, we, we talked about David and Goliath in the sermon, and and, and I I think it would be um, it'd be good to to kind of have the conversation. Or are there are there circumstances in your life that appear bigger and worse than they are uh, when you consider the promises of God? And so God has equipped us. Uh, God has sent us. And God, um, God expects us to be about his business. God bless. I'll see you Wednesday night.